Will y'all be seated for just a second? I, I got to talk to our kids for just a minute. You guys are about to go out and you're about to go into your class, and I know all that, right? So you're going to free up some seats back there for some people that are standing. I got to tell you that on September the 11th, we're starting like the simple church version of VBS, and we're going to do it on the Sundays and Wednesdays, all right? For six weeks, we're going to do that. So what I need you to do is I need you to drive your parents crazy about being here on Sundays and Wednesdays, all right? Just like, man, I love the VBS stuff that we're doing. It's called Under the Sea, Finding Jesus. Now, I know that everybody's like, I thought Jesus was on top of the sea. He was, but we're going to be finding Jesus under the sea. So you want to be here for that beginning September the 11th, which is on a Sunday. That's Renewal Sunday. And Sundays and Wednesdays for six weeks thereafter, we're going to be doing that, okay? So drive your parents crazy about being here on Sunday and Wednesday, okay? All right, you guys can go ahead and head out to your class. We're going to, from time to time, we're going to do things uh, to, to showcase kind of what God is, is how God is using people. And, and trust me when I tell you that God doesn't just use some dumb guy in vans in a gray t-shirt. He doesn't just use, doesn't just use me, okay? God uses, obviously he uses the band. He, he uses every single one. He uses people that are in the sound booth back there. I, he uses all of us. And, and God gives us talents and abilities. And I think sometimes we need to see that and we need to celebrate that. And, and, and today I asked Cody to come and speak because God just kind of has started doing something in his heart and kind of showing him some stuff and opening his eyes and opening his, his mouth. And, and, and I asked him, I said, man, I want, you to, I want you to speak this morning. We're starting a new series called Lost. And I want you to come and share something from your heart. He's, he's got an amazing talent that God has given him. So he's just going to share that, that with us this morning. So, so Cody, it's all yours, my brother. Well, before I get started into a lot of things, I want to really encouraged me this morning though my baptism is something I've been struggling with too in my own life I've been baptized before um, you know I just feel like I was immature at the time that I was baptized and I feel as if God has been drawing me for years now to actually be baptized now that I especially since we've come back from Haiti you know um, seeing JM being baptized in the ocean is something that really sparked the idea of me being baptized again. And it's not because I feel as if, you know, it's simply because I feel as if God is drawing me to do that, you know, and it's not until I've seen Connie this morning that really encouraged me, that gave me the, uh, I guess, the courage to, I guess, profess that publicly. But, um, I do want to thank you, Connie, before I get started, and I do appreciate you, and you are awesome. But um, this is just a poem I wrote. Um, I named it The Wanderer, and um, I hope it touches everybody. I, um, it meant a lot to me to write it. And I'm just thankful that, you know, I'm trusted enough to stand on stage and to speak to y'all. And I pray that I am a good steward of the grace that God has extended me to share this with y'all. But um, again, the poem's called The Wanderer. The Lord, he's loved me all along. He's watched and waited in patient song. He's never failed or ceased his chase. He's never frowned when I fled the race. I wander off all alone, time and time again it's shown. I find myself on a winding road, scared of not knowing which way to go. My faith apart from him is weak. My strength grows faint until I hear him speak. It's dark and I'm by myself. The noises, they seem too strong. I have no idea what's going on. I feel as if I don't belong. I now see the path I'm on. The grass which once was green, now gone. 
I've messed up when I feel as if I'm on my own. The voices in my head, they scream, they're telling me many different things. When I close my eyes, I'm ambushed by my darkest dreams. I'm desperate for my God and I'm in need of his tender care. I'm lost without him leading me. I need my shepherd here. I continue on my day just waiting to see his face. I turn around every corner longing for his embrace. Then on the day he found me, he made it clear to see that he had never once abandoned me. Instead, he showed me what it meant to let him lead. He proved to me his selfless love. He showed me more than words. He chased me through the wilderness for the purpose of his heavenly herd. All because he loves me, he counted my life a worthy cause. He went above and beyond, and from the moment he began his work, he still is yet to ever pause. My God is a God who pursues, a God who can and has overcome, a God who makes all things new, a God who when utters the words it's done, truly means it's done. I'm yours, my God. I was lost and now I'm found. I was once chained, but I'm now unbound. And it's all because of grace wrapped in the gift of hope that I will one day see your face. For yesterday I was the wanderer, but today I'm simply the person paralyzed in your awestruck wonder. You found me and called me yours, and you've shown me that your victory over death has already been secured. And now you run to me. You run to me with open arms. You embrace me and you lift my spirit out of harm. You are mine and I am yours, and in your light I am made pure. Father, it's you and only you who has loved me all along, the wanderer. saw some amazing things in Haiti, didn't we, Cody? Let me pray. Father, I don't know what else to say besides the fact that it's all about you. And so many times I've made it all about me. And God, I'm so sorry. Your people in the sound of my voice and they don't know you there, there are some that they think they know you and they really don't and God I just pray that you would open their minds and open their hearts to truth you tell us through your word that truth will set us free pray that you will set somebody free today that they will no longer be a slave to fear and they will no longer wander they will no longer be lost. God, show them that you love them. Remind them that they need you. Just love them. Just love them, God. Love them to you. Be glorified now as we look at your word and what it says to us. Change us forever through the power of your Holy Spirit. And this precious word that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Excuse me. So we are. We're starting a new series called Lost today. We're going to be in Luke chapter 15. I'm not going to tell you a funny story to begin with. I do that sometimes, and that's okay. I'm, I'm not going to really do anything else besides just dive into the Scripture today, because I believe that, that this Scripture, even though it's only seven verses long today that we're going to be going through, that, that God just, man, He speaks so clearly. I, I think that 
We, man, we've just forgotten so much. We've forgotten so much. I mean, we, we think that if we go to church and we hear a good message and like we go outside and we feel good and like that that's what it's all about, you know, and, and we know that there are people out there that don't know Jesus and we're like, well, maybe one day they'll come to church and maybe one day that, that they'll give their lives to Christ and yeah, just kind of lazy about it, aren't we? Aren't we so lazy in our understanding of the gospel? Aren't we so lazy in our attempts to reach people for the gospel? Haven't we forgotten? I mean, like, really. I mean, even in my life, I have to be awakened sometimes. God has to slap me around a little bit, admittedly, to, to help me understand that I've, there are lost people, people that don't know Jesus, people that are wandering around with no direction in their life. They don't know what they're supposed to do. They're confused. They don't have the leadership of the Holy Spirit because they've never given them their lives to Jesus Christ. So they're, they're wandering around confused. They don't even know that they're lost for the most part. Some of them have an indication that, yeah, there's something not right. And yes, there's this, there's this thing out there that's calling me and, and drawing me. And I, I, I know that it's, it's something to do with God. I don't really understand it. And then there's Christians sitting right next to them at work. Or a Christian that has a locker right underneath them. And they're confused. And we're doing nothing, you know? Man, I got to remember that myself. I gotta, I, I, this, this series, God has impressed it upon my heart because I just feel like we've just forgotten. So we just need to sometimes go back to the basics and just remember. You agree with that? We just need to go back to the basics sometimes just to remember. We've been going through a series uh, in the Old Testament in Genesis. I mean, we've been doing like 13 weeks talking about Joseph and Jacob and his stupid brothers and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we have been. And that's good. And God has taught us a lot through that. But God has impressed upon my heart that it was time to go back. Let's look at some some New Testament uh, verses. And we're just going to talk about those for just a minute and remind ourselves. Remind ourselves what it's all about. You see, because the Pharisees, they were the descendants of, of Jacob and all of his sons. I mean, they, they, they were the descendants, and, and they forgot. Over a while, they just forgot what it was all about. They forgot what a relationship with God was all about. And, and they got so fixated on all the rules and how they dressed that they forgot what it was all about. And they didn't want to associate with sinners anymore. They didn't want to associate with sinners anymore. Can you believe that? They didn't want to associate with sinners anymore. Think about most of the churches you know today. Is that how you would classify them? They don't want to associate with sinners anymore. If we ever become that kind of church here, I'm afraid I'll have to go somewhere else. I'm afraid I won't ever be able to be your pastor again. Because we have to be a place. We have to be a place where people feel like they can come and they can listen and they can understand what it really means to be a Christ follower. We have to be those kind of people. 
And I'm not just talking about within the confines of these four walls. Because the church is not this building. It is all the people sitting in this building. If we were to go out in the parking lot, we would still be the church. So we have to be the kind of church that reaches people that, that don't understand. That don't look like us. That don't act like us. That don't know how to behave. Because they're lost. They don't know. They're lost. And if we ever get away from that, then we're missing everything. We, we, we're not like Jesus anymore. We're not like Jesus anymore. And I'm going to do everything I can to be like Jesus and not be like me. So let's look in Luke chapter 15. I can barely read this first verse without it just breaking me in half. Tax collectors. Every time I've read this verse, I've cried. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often. <laughs> you know that's me, right? You know that's me. That first line is me. There's nothing special about me because I stand up here. That's me. They came to listen to Jesus. They often came to listen to Jesus. That's all of us. That's us. Don't you see that's us? That's not the people out there. That's us. That's not the people out there. That's, that's us. We're just a bunch of sinners. Notorious sinners. I want to come and listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. They didn't just come to listen to him teach. They wanted to be close to him. They wanted to be around him. Even when he was doing other stuff like just eating, they wanted to be there. You know where Jesus wanted to be? He wanted to be with the people that wanted to be with him. He just wanted to be with the people that wanted to be with him. The Pharisees, they didn't have any interest in that. They didn't have any interest in a right relationship with God. All they cared about was how, how they looked in front of men. That's all they cared about. If I ever get to the place where I'm more concerned about what you think about me than what God thinks about me, then I have to leave. If I ever get to a place where I feel like I can't come to an altar and pray because I'm your pastor, then I, I, should, I should get in my car and I should go somewhere else. I, I hope that you don't ever look down on me for coming and praying at an altar like, he's a pastor. He's supposed to have it all together. 
No, I'm the first line in this verse. That's me. That's me. That was Paul, too, by the way. He said he was the chief of sinners. I don't care what people think. <laughs> I don't care what people think. You don't believe that? You should go look at my Facebook posts. want to be where Jesus was. You know, that's, that's the reason people come in here, too. They come in here, and, and God speaks to them, and they're, 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 they, they draw close to Jesus. Maybe sometimes for the first time ever, and they, they're like, I, I, can, I can sense God's there. I can sense that Jesus is speaking to me there, and I just want to be there because of that. Some people, this is what's crazy. There's some people that Jesus speaks to them and he draws close to them and they, 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 they ex- experience God in a real and new way and they will never, ever come back in this place. They're like, that's, no, that's not for me. And they will walk out. I don't get it. I don't get it. Besides to say that God... One of the characteristics of God that, that's so amazing to me is that He loves us no matter where we are. That's an unbelievable concept to me. No matter where we are in, in, in the first line up here of being a notorious sinner, He still loves us. And He wants to be with us. He wants to be with us even in times where we won't, don't want to be with Him. Is that not an unbelievable characteristic of God? The fact that that He hung the moon and the stars, He put those into the sky, told the seas where to stop, said, this is how many grains of sand are going to be on the beach. And He said, and that one right there, I want a relationship with that one. That's you and me. That notorious sinner, yeah, that's the one I want. Can you even grasp that? You know, talk about being in the presence of God. I've told you this story before. I'll tell you again. Uh, Cody mentioned Haiti, and it brought to mind those three guys that used to come. They used to come in their Sunday best, right? They used to come and dressed up in suits and ties, and like their shoes were super duper shiny. And and they would come. They came to our worship service. They came to our worship service, and and we were just. I mean, it was, it was like maybe a few people sharing something from God's Word, just maybe a devotional kind of time, or there would be people sing songs. Caleb brought her guitar, and we sang songs, and it was like just. It was a great time. It just. And I was like, those three guys, what are they all about over there? Why are they here? He said, oh, they're, they're Haitians. They're, they're nationals. They're from here. He said, but they don't understand a word of what we're saying. But they're bringing their Bibles, and they're here with us, and they don't understand anything. He said, no, they, they don't speak English at all. But they know that the Holy Spirit is here, and this is where they want to be. You talk about conviction falling on my heart. How many times I've ran from God as opposed to wanting to be in His presence. And these guys didn't understand a lick of what we were saying. And they just wanted to be where God was. Jesus wanted to be with them. They wanted to be with Jesus. So Jesus had to address the Pharisees. And He had to tell them a story. 
Jesus did this a lot. He would tell stories because that's the way Jesus would communicate with people. And he would tell stories not only that people could identify with, but he would tell stories that would make people angry too. You like stories that make you angry? Not really, right? Jesus is all about telling us stories that make us angry sometimes. So he tells the Pharisees a story. So he tells them a story. He says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Uh-oh. The Pharisees would not have liked this story from the get-go. He's, he's engaging the Pharisees and, and getting them in the story by, by putting them in the place of somebody who has sheep. Somebody who has, who has sheep? Shepherds, right? Well, shepherds were considered in this day and this time to be the lowest of the low. They were, they, were, they were just like, they were hung out in the fields all day. They didn't really have a right relationship with God. They were lower on the, the class standard. I mean, like, they, they, they were just low lifes out there, right? Incidentally, you remember the, 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 the heavenly host who they announced the, the coming of Jesus to, who the first ones that got to see that the Lord has, has been born, the Christmas story. Who did they come to? They came to the shepherds, right? Didn't, didn't go to the kings or the religious rulers of that. They went to the shepherds and say, said, the son of God has been born. So God looks at, apparently, shepherds a little different than, than, than the people in this day and time looked at shepherds. And the Pharisees would, would never want to be associated with a shepherd because a shepherd was a lowlife scumbag. They were actually considered to be liars and wouldn't be allowed to testify in court. And here Jesus is putting the Pharisees challenging them to put themselves in the story and say, okay, you're a shepherd. Let's start the story off with, you're a shepherd. Immediately, the Pharisees would have been mad. Like mad. He says, you're a shepherd. You're a shepherd. But he says, this is a shepherd that has a hundred sheep. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. That, that most people didn't have a hundred sheep in those days. If they had 25, they were good to go. I mean, that would be a lot. So 100 sheep is like somebody that's really got a lot of sheep. And I think this has some implications in the story, and we'll look at that in just a minute. But this is a guy, he's saying, all right, you're a shepherd, you got 100 sheep. And look what he says. One of them gets lost. What will he do? What would you do, Pharisees, if you got 100 sheep and one of them gets lost? He's trying to show them the place of God and how, what it means to have a right relationship with God and a characteristic of God. And he says, you got a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost. What are you going to do? You, he says, won't you leave the 99 others in the wilderness to go and search for the one that is lost until he finds it? Isn't that what you would do? I mean, if you lost a sheep. Now, let's, let's think about this for a second. Sheep are dumb. I don't think that's a revelation to you. Okay, you know that sheep are dumb. They're not real smart. A lost sheep is even dumber, okay? There, there are a lot of dangers out there for a lost sheep. When he's talking about the lost sheep, he's talking about people like you and I People that don't know God. They don't have a right relationship with God. And he's trying to impress this upon the Pharisees that these are sinners and they're lost sheep, man. They're lost. 
There's dangers out there that they're not even aware of. Do you, you realize that once you become a Christian, you bec- all of a sudden become aware of more dangers than what you were aware of before you ever became a Christian? Did you know that? All of a sudden, your mind starts to be opened up to all these things. Man, that's a pitfall right there if I ever saw one. You may not have seen it before you came to Christ. All of a sudden, you're, you're more aware, and you've got this deeper awareness of, of, of temptations and things that you could fall into. This sheep is lost. He doesn't recognize the dangers. He doesn't see all the, the rocks that he could trip over. He doesn't see all the holes that he could fall into. He doesn't see all that. And you know what? The shepherd knows that. That's why the shepherd's going after the one lost one. It's because the shepherd knows the dangers, the pitfalls, the destruction that could be pending for a lost sheep. This is God. He's not just a shepherd. He's a great shepherd, a shepherd over many. Not just a few. He's a shepherd over many. And when one is lost, he cares about the lost one. It's not that he doesn't care about the other 99. What would happen if if the other 99 went away? He would care about them too, but but he cares about the one. So he, he goes after the one. doesn't mean he doesn't care about the 99. But he really cares about the one because the one is lost. It's, it's run off. And this, this is the characteristic of God, that he is a saving, rescuing God. That it bothers him for people to be lost. It bothers him for people to be lost. It is his desire that none should perish, but all come to repentance. That every single person know Jesus Christ because they're lost. And God cares about every single one of them. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. Everybody knows it, right? Everybody knows it. He did it for the whole world. The whole world. You know why? Because every single one of them mattered. Every single one of them mattered. This lost sheep doesn't recognize the pitfalls, the traps it could fall into. The fact that a lion could devour the sheep doesn't recognize that. The shepherd does, so the shepherd goes after the sheep. He says, wouldn't you do that, Pharisee? Wouldn't you go after those? That's the reason that I'm reaching out to these people. That's the reason I'm having dinner with sinners. It's because they need to be rescued. They want to be rescued. They, 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 They... they, they know that they need to be around me, so they come and they listen to my teaching. They're starting to recognize the fact that they need me, and, and I want to be with them. And I care about every single one of them. I care about every single one of them. Unlike you, Pharisees, who only want to associate people with people like yourself. We can't be like that, because that's not what Jesus was like. We have to associate with people that aren't like us. We, we have to come out of our shell. We have to reach out to those that are lost. That's what we have to do. And here, Jesus is saying, wouldn't you do that if you were a shepherd and you had 100 sheep and one was lost? Wouldn't you go after it? Let's go on. And when he is found, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. Have you ever read that verse before? Like you just read it now. 
He will go and he will rescue that sheep. And you know what he does? Now, now some would just say, well, well, he would just, you know, get a rope or, or his little shepherd's crook and we'd guide that sheep right back into the flock. Say, oh, you've gone away. You've wandered off. You've gone astray. But no, 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 no. Look at this shepherd. What does this shepherd do? This shepherd picks up the tired, the hungry, the lost, the wandering sheep and puts it on his shoulders. He says, you don't have to walk anymore. I'm going to walk for you. Those of you that have put your faith in Jesus Christ, those of you that are a follower of, of Jesus, this is very profound. When you put your faith in Christ, and he's, he's rescued you, and, and you say, you know what, I, here's the shepherd, he, he finally, he's rescuing me, and, and I need him, and, and, and he wants me to come home with him. You know as well as I do that from that point forward, it's not you walking back home. It is him carrying you back home. It's him putting, putting you on his shoulders and saying, you don't have to do it anymore. I'm going to do it for you. When you become a new creation and the Holy Spirit of God starts to work in your heart and things start to change and you, you don't really necessarily understand it all. We have a, a response. We have, we have to say, yes, you can carry me. But as you do that, as you give that over to him, he starts walking for you. He shows you what you need to do, what you don't need to do. And he tells you, you don't have to do it alone anymore. You don't have to walk alone anymore. It blows me away that there are so many people that would rather remain lost, remain wandering around, tired, thirsty, hungry. And they'd rather do that than come to the shepherd and let him carry them home. You know what, you know what they say if they were the sheepdog and they say this, they say, no, I'm good, I'm fine. And the shepherd's going, no, but there's pitfalls out there. There's, there's traps you can fall into. There's lions that are going to devour you. No, 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 I'm good, I'm good. No, but you don't understand. This is going to mean your destruction if you stay in this place where you are. You need to come and get on my shoulders, and you need to go back home with me. And they go, no, 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 I'm good, really. I'm fine right here where I am amongst the rocks, amongst the holes. Well, do you know where you're going? You know, do you know what direction your life is supposed to have? Well, no, not really, but, but I, I think I'm good, really. Really, shepherd, no, thank you. I, I think I've got a good direction for my life. I think I'm on the right path here. No, but you don't understand. You don't even know where you're going. You don't know what the next step holds. You don't know if there's a cliff in front of you. You can't even see that stuff. No, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, shepherd. I got this. I got this. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. I want you to, you got to understand something about Jesus uh, in order to understand this last verse, Okay. You've got to understand something about the way he addressed the Pharisees. And sometimes Jesus was very sarcastic. Okay? You're like, well, Kenny, you're sarcastic. I get it from Jesus. He's the one that showed me it was okay. 
He's, he's very sarcastic a lot of times with the Pharisees when he's talking to them. And, and this is what he says. He says, when one lost sheep comes and comes into my flock and we found it, he says, me and the neighbors are going to rejoice. He says, the same thing is going to happen in heaven. That there's going to be singing of praises. They're going to be rejoicing. There's going to be applause. It's just going to be, it's going to be going nuts because one lost sheep is coming to the flock again. It's like, we have another sheep that's, that's in our family. It's not lost anymore. It's not going astray anymore. He says, heaven rejoices over that. He says, the 99, though, they feel like they're okay. They feel like they're, they're, they're doing just fine. He's actually talking about the Pharisees here, and he's, he's talking sarcastically to them. He says, but you don't need to be saved. But you don't need to be saved. You're fine. Don't, don't worry about it. You're completely righteous. You're completely right in your standing with God. You, you, you've got it all figured out, don't you, Pharisees? You've got it all, all worked out on pay, pen and paper, and you've got it all calculated up, and it all comes out that, yes, I'm a right, in a right relationship with God. And Jesus is trying to show them, no, you're not. You're lost. You're not righteous. You're self-righteous. You, you, don't have, you don't have the right mindset about a relationship with God if that's the way you're looking at sinners. The reason you have a problem is because your view is all messed up because of the way you look at sinners. That's the indication that they've got the wrong perspective. Because Jesus is having to correct them and saying, oh, they aren't righteous like you. They aren't righteous. You're perfectly fine. You're perfectly good and in, in right standing with God. So they're not like you, and you don't associate with them. But that's exactly where I'm going because God in heaven will rejoice when one of them comes to repentance and comes back into the flock because they were lost and I cared about them and I wanted them to come back and so I went after the one that was lost and I rescued that one and I carried it on my shoulders and I brought it back and I said, this is mine. Rescued. has come home. And all of heaven rejoices. See, the Pharisees thought that heaven would rejoice when they wore the right robes into the temple. The, the, the Pharisees thought that, that, that when they, they, they fasted the prescribed number of times during the week that they were supposed to fast and not eat, that, 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 that's, what, that's what made heaven rejoice. They, they thought that when they checked all the boxes and, and did all these right things, that, that that's what made heaven rejoice. And, Jesus says that's not the case, that heaven rejoices when one of the sinners, one of the ones that doesn't understand all the pitfalls and destruction that's headed their way, when they come back into the flock, that's when heaven rejoices and says, yes, they're one of mine. And we've got the wrong perspective a lot of times when it comes to dealing with people that don't look like us, don't act like us, don't talk like us. And we forget, man, we forget so much that... that that we were one of those sinners. We were one of those people headed for destruction, not realizing with all the pitfalls in front of us. We were one of those. We were one of them. But once we got saved, once we got saved, sometime, somehow we, we, we shifted from being more like Jesus to, to being more like a Pharisee and saying, I got it all figured out. I got it all figured out. And Jesus said, that's the wrong perspective to have. That's, that's the wrong perspective to have. You're supposed to be more like the shepherd and less like the 99. You're supposed to be more like the shepherd. 
the one that's supposed to go out and rescue and reach out and, 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 and do whatever we can to tell people that there's, there's hope, that, that, that there's something that they need in their life, and though they think they had it all worked out, they think they got a good direction and a good path for their life, they're, they're missing everything. They're not just missing something. It's not just they're missing something. They're missing a little Jesus in their life. They're missing everything. Their whole life's got the wrong direction. Their, their whole life is headed on a path of destruction. Their children's lives... Their mama and their daddies, their great-grandchildren, they're all, they're all going for, down a path of destruction and they don't realize it. Because that's the perspective that the shepherd has. That's what he sees. They had to, when, when, when they were talking about Jesus looking out into the crowds of massive numbers of people, they had to kind of invent a word to talk about the fact that he was so moved internally. It was like, just his gut was just wrenched because of how he saw the people. And he looked out on them. He, he saw them as, a she, as sheep without a shepherd, is what it says in God's Word. As a sheep without, you've heard that a million times. Did, did they not have the Pharisees that were, were reading the law and they were going to temple and making sacrifice? Didn't they have that? Did, didn't they have shepherds? Didn't they have people that were teaching them about God? The people that were there and they were doing all those things, they were not acting like the shepherd. And thus, the people didn't have a shepherd. Thus, the reason Jesus had to come onto this earth to show them that they've gotten all out of whack. They've gotten all mixed up. They've forgotten the main thing. The main thing. What's the main thing, Kenny? What's the main thing? What is the main? The main thing is the one. The one. Because God is a Savior, because God naturally, how He is made, because He is love, because the very character of God is love, He cares about the one. And because of that, because of that, He associated with people that didn't do the right stuff. They didn't do all the things they should have. He says, when one of those comes to repentance, when one of them comes back, when I'm able to bring them in, all of heaven rejoices. So in your mind and in your heart, when we somebody, see somebody get baptized, we see them through this symbolism of, of water baptism, when we see that, is there rejoicing in your heart? Is there a motivation to go and, and, and tell somebody else, man, there's a new life for you out there that you don't even recognize right now? There's a new path for you that, that you don't even think exists, and there's a God who loves you that you can't even comprehend His love. One of the things I, I have a difficult time with in, in when I share the gospel with people is they can't believe that God loves them that much. They, they can't even comprehend that God would even love them like, like that. Oh, but you don't understand what I've done. You don't understand how many times I've broken God's heart and ran away from God when he was calling me to a relationship with him. You don't understand all the times I've done all this stuff that I shouldn't have done, and I even knew that I shouldn't have done it. And you mean that God still wants to come after me and rescue me? Yes. You, you mean all, all the, the lustful thoughts I've had and, and, and all the, the things I've said about churches and, and people and Christians and all that kind of stuff? You believe that God still wants a relationship with me? You must be crazy. Yes, it is crazy. That's why they call grace amazing. Because it doesn't fit within our box up here. It doesn't fit within our mind. See, see us as people, that, that, that we have a difficult time forgiving people. That when we, they're doing something to hurt us, it doesn't just go away like that. It's like it takes some time, maybe. For some of us, it never goes away. And it's hard for us to believe 
that God would even want to forgive us. Why would God ever want to forgive us? Because you're one of the one. You're one of the one. He's, he has a hundred, and he lost one. He's a great shepherd. He has many sheep. He, he's, he, it, it's almost like, man, why would he even care about one if he had 99 others? He cares about the one. Well, that's good news for me and you because that means he cares about you and he cares about me. And even though we fit in verse 1, even though we're notorious sinners, we're also in verse 7. We're also in verse 7 that, that heaven rejoices when we repent and when we turn back towards God. It's not complicated, but it's real, real hard to digest, isn't it? So what about you? Do you have a right relationship with God? Have you been trying to check all the boxes and dress a certain way and look a certain way and carry your Bible around so people think you're a Christian? You know what he said about the, the Pharisees? He said, you're like a whitewashed tomb. You got all your white robes on and stuff, and you just, you're empty on the inside. That's why I can stand up here in a T-shirt and jeans and vans because it don't matter. It don't matter. You know what matters? Right here. It's sitting in the center of my chest. That's what matters. That's what really matters. But it, it is easier to get dressed up. That is way easier than having to deal with the stuff right here. I'd rather not have to do that. But if we're going to reach out to people and we show them that they need a heart change, they need a life direction change, and they need Jesus Christ because they're headed on a path of destruction, then we've got to start reaching out to people like that and people that may not dress up on Sundays. Amen. And that's what we need to be. And we don't ever need to stop being that way. Amen. Let me pray. Father, thank you for reminding us. Lord, above all else, the fact that, God, you come after us we may have wandered off on our own. We, we, we're lost when we're, we're born and, and, and we may not even have a comprehension of how lost we are. And we may think that everything's okay and we're headed on a path for our life and it's all right. And, and Lord, I just pray for that person, God, that they, they are indeed lost, that they, they, through the power of your word, they've had their minds and their hearts open to that fact. It's, it's incredibly difficult to admit because of our pride. It's incredibly difficult to admit that we're lost because we've been, we've been making the calls our whole life. We've been, we've been setting the path and the direction our whole life. It's impossible for us to admit that, that indeed we've been headed on the wrong path. It's so incredibly difficult for us to squash our pride and say, you know what? I, I thought I knew where I was going. I, th I thought I understood, but in reality, I don't know. I just need to be found. Lord, if there is a lost sheep in this place, God, I pray that through your word you have reached out to them through the power of your Holy Spirit, God. You have, you have shown them that you're here, that you're here for them, that, that you want them. And no matter what they've done, they, they can still come and they can come be part of your flock. I know that you care about every single one of these people. I know that they're precious in your sight. God, I know that you know the number of hairs on their head. 
God, but more than that, you know the heart that exists in, in their chest. And Lord, I just pray for that heart. And I pray that you split it wide open. Let them see themselves for where they are. If they are lost, I pray that you reveal that to them. You're a Savior. You're a God who saves. That's who you are. Help people to understand that. Help people to understand your grace in some small way so that they can come to you and say, I need you, Lord. I need you and you alone. I'm headed on the wrong path. I've been doing things my way for so long. I don't want to do it that way. I want to follow you and follow you alone. God, show me the way home. Carry me when I'm too weak to walk. God, I want you and you alone. I can't do it anymore. God, if people would do that, people would respond to you in that way, God, I know that you will carry them. And then for the Christian, the one that calls themselves a Christ follower, I pray, Lord, that you have shown them what a shepherd is. You've shown them what it means to go out and, and try to seek and save and, and do all the things that we can to bring people into your kingdom. pray that we would be ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. Although we cannot save anybody, God, we, we, can, we can be ambassadors for you and, and tell everybody that we encounter that there is a Savior, there is a hope, and they don't have to wander around and be lost anymore. Father, I pray that you would just do a great work in this place. God, the sinners would come to you, the people that have forgotten come to you they would follow you they would fall on your arms today God they fall on your shoulders to say that they need you thank you God for reminding us thank you God for reminding us of how much you love us and that you are always there for us and that you care about every single one of us God, be glorified in this time as we sing your praises as we respond to you in Jesus name amen everyone stand